Do you aspire to become a responsible leader? How do you see yourself now as a young man? Learning from challenges is one thing, but getting opportunities is another. If you're a young man who wants to learn about personal growth, life lessons, and leadership, tune in to Essential 11, shaping leaders among leaders. We've got this weird thing going where it's like every guest is better looking, like far beyond better looking than all the rest of us. And that's just, it's awful. So that's a, not a good, uh, you, you know, and you know, I'm in the film industry. I've gone through hair and makeup. So, you know, that's a good point, man. That is a good point. Okay. So that's, a, that's a joke. That's a joke for all no, you man, I know it is, but I also, so saying, I'm going to jump right into this story here. Cause I promise you, we're going to give context. We're going to talk about you. We're going to talk about your story. We're going to have all these conversations, but this needs to be said because you just threw this out there. The last time Tim and I were in New York, um to do the fox show we go in for hair and makeup to go out on fox and friends and yeah. the woman comes in and she's like okay the, somebody did the makeup and the woman comes in she's like okay um were you gonna go out with your hair like that that's what she says to me and i'm like uh i guess i was but i'm not now i don't know what she's like well <laughs> the back of your head i'm like are you guys gonna see the back of my head she's like not really but it's still bothering me i'm like cool well, now it's bothering me forever. So appreciate that very much. Yeah, That's awesome. yeah there you go. Yeah, so funny, man. Hey, thank you for taking the time. It's uh, it's an honor to have you here, my friend. And a big shout out to Mr. Tim Yee. Uh, yep, lo- love Tim Yee, I see there. Yeah. Uh, Tim uh, Tim played a vital role in my wife and I getting married. Uh, so on, on, on great days, I- I'm grateful for Tim. On bad days, I blame Tim. So uh, <laughs> That's perfect. We yeah. all need a Tim Yee in that regard. We all need a Tim Yee anyways, but we also need a Tim Yee for that very thing right there too. And there, there it is. So he, so, actually played, he actually played worship at our wedding. So uh, he's, he's, awesome. he's a good man. He is a good man. There's no doubt about that, as are you, sir. And so we're excited to, to jump in and um, have some questions for you. And you and I will chat. These guys will have some questions and chat. And um, we'll put it out as a podcast that's going to go out to a whole lot of humans as well, man. So really excited about it. Um, and we'd like to start, if you don't mind, with you in your own words. So if I said, who's Darren Mormon? In his own words, how do you how do you answer that question? And we're going to go into your journey a little bit. Uh, yeah. So uh, in, in my own words, uh, husband of uh, almost 19 years, uh, thanks to Tim and uh, father of two boys, 16 and 14. Um, we, we just moved to Redlands, California, uh, mm-hmm. really for the school. We put our boys in a great Christian academy here mm-hmm. in Redlands. And, um, you know, so we're we're trying to we're trying to live in California. Uh, I make movies, uh, but still trying to raise the boys in a way that they're not tainted by California. So uh, that's the that's the tough part. It absolutely is, man. And I know you guys just I mean, you literally just completed that move. You and I were chatting. We were chatting and then we were both sending pictures or sending text messages to Chad Robichaud too. We're yeah. on that telling him that you and I were, we were that we were chatting. And, um, but we were talking about that move, man. We were talking about the move for the school and all the sacrifices that are coming um, within that too. So I, I do want to address those things. And I want to, I want to, you know, from a husband standpoint, a dad standpoint, you know, I want to see how you're doing with all that. But what I do want to give people even a bigger context, he said, I make movies. 
Now you're really good at making movies and you make phenomenal movies um, with phenomenal messages. So would you mind telling people about that first? We'll get into the journey of how yeah. you got there. Yeah. But tell them what you do. Uh, yeah, so I think I think it's important to know my company is uh, Reserve Entertainment. Uh, and for you guys that, that care about branding, when, when you create a company, probably some of you guys are you own your own companies. Uh, and I want to know how you named this group too, but uh, you, you know, you're, you're on a journey of, of going, hey, what's available, what, what names are available, and then what, what really speaks to the heart of, of the company. And so uh, I was inspired by Jesus' first miracle of turning water into wine. And the fact that the guy running the wedding party said, hey, where did this reserve wine come from? Uh, and so in thinking about the great film companies that I love film going, hey, what what's a name? And so Reserve, uh, Reserve Entertainment's the name of the company. Uh, and the inspiration behind it is Jesus first miracle turning water into wine because Jesus cared about the quality of the wine. Mm. Didn't just meet a need, didn't just serve, uh, you know, a wine that was similar to the first or lesser than, which was typical culture. Uh, so that, that's what I'm focused on at Reserve Entertainment, focused on uh, films that hopefully will, will make a difference and have an impact um, and influence culture in a positive way. I love it, man. So when you define that, I, I absolutely love that. I love the story when you, when you had told me that before, and I just had so much admiration for that. And you're talking about Reserve being the quality, and you're saying you want it to make an impact. What does that look like? You are in an industry that traditionally isn't known for, hey, we want to make a real high moral, like the, the industry itself, right? A high moral impact. <clears throat> you are fighting that battle, but also creating products within that. Um, so talk about a little bit about the, the maybe the struggles or the opportunities therein. So how do you, how do you personally keep the, the, the energy around what it takes not to compromise, right? Because what you're talking about here is your unwillingness, rightfully so, to compromise on that initial mission, right? It's that you won't compromise on the quality. You won't compromise on, look, the mission is a whole lot bigger than just making movies because you could. You could compromise. And I dare say you compromising would give more opportunities to make that move that you guys just made, make it a whole lot easier. It would have made sending those those two young men to that school a whole lot easier because I know that wasn't a free, that's not, that's not a tuition-free place. I know that for a fact, right? So how do you maintain uh, the, the, the faith and the journey to do the right thing when all signs point towards, hey, man, it's a whole lot easier over there? <laughs> uh so I, I wear i wear a ring um uh, on my finger uh I wear a wedding band and a ring on my finger that says uh you know i i can do all things through christ and it is just a reminder to me every day that uh, no matter what the ups and downs are whether you sell a movie to netflix or whether they send you an email and say hey we're not looking for any more of that uh, that you know i'll i'll stay the course and i'll i'll continue to to fight the battle, you know, and, and do what it takes to bring out great content to the world. Cause I know the world is, is, is going to continue to consume it mm. more and more and they, they need uh, options. So, mm. uh, but it is all, all, all about my faith and, you know, 
being in a place of trust. We, we've been in a strike for uh, almost, uh, I don't know, five months at this point. It doesn't look, look like it's going to end. So our cash flow is uh, tight. But I'm waking up every day just just pushing to uh, get the next movie made when these strikes are over. That's so, right. Uh, yeah. Just preparing for it. And how is that? So if, if we can ask too, like yeah. you've got a beautiful wife you've, that you've married to now for, you know, 19 years, you've got these two sons, right? So how does that impact the way you show up as, as husband and as dad too? Yeah. Uh, you know, it was interesting. I, I, I was uh, probably not on my a game as a dad yesterday and a husband. Uh, I had gotten news. I thought I thought a company was going to finance one of my films. It was it felt like a slam dunk, um, and then I got news yesterday they were not. So, uh, yeah. uh, to be honest, it, it 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 had a negative impact. When I got in bed last night, I'm like, ah, oh, that's that's what's going on. It it, it rocked me a bit because it felt like it was a yes in the room, and then it was a no. So, uh, yeah, I got to get and I got to get up today and. And change, change my attitude and put that behind me and say, okay, um, I'm not, I'm not dependent on that company. That's right. And, yeah. but that's a, that's a skill set in and of itself. Right. So it does. I mean, and I love, and I love that. And I appreciate that honesty too, because there is a weird thing that we do. And maybe, and maybe I know I've definitely done it where it's like, oh, okay, well, these kind of setbacks don't impact, you know, people that are doing this. Right, people that are doing X, Y, and Z. somebody's making movies, man. These are kind of setbacks. They're just used to that sort of deal. That doesn't impact them. They're not worried about it as husband. If I, no, that's that's garbage, right? It's it's BS. Yeah. So, you know, in like practicality terms, how do you get yourself? How do you get your mind back focused on what needs to be? How do you reconcile that with with your wife and and young men? Like, how are you sharing those lessons? Um, you know, as you're working through all that kind of stuff, because all of us on here too, I mean, at least on the live calls, and I know this goes out to a ton of parents as well, but at least on the live, all of us, I mean, we face the same stuff. We're husbands and and we're fathers and we mess it up and we got to get back on the horse, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty honest with them about the struggles and, uh, you know, just about cash flow, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and those struggles, because when they're asking, you know, the boys are asking for certain things. I'm like, hey, this isn't the season. Uh, so, you know, I'm, pre I'm pretty honest, you know, been on the journey the whole time, you know, in a, in a life of faith and trusting that God's got a plan. But it, it's, you know, this film industry is up and down. It's yeah, I don't clock in and, and get a paycheck every every week. I get paid when I make a movie. So, uh, you know, uh, 2023 will be a year we didn't make one. So, uh, you know, you just have to just ride out those storms. Yeah, man. Good for you, sir. No, I, I appreciate that greatly. And and so I want to take it back just a little bit now because we're talking about the fact that you're in making movies. And for a lot of people, that's like, hey, cool, man. But that's that's a big mega thing. Like there's got to be all kinds. Of, I want to talk about that story and how you got there. And I know there's a Jerry, what you call kind of a Jerry Maguire moment for you, <laughs> right? Which I identify with very much because I have that, you know, I had the same thing. Yeah just in the education space, not anywhere near. So um, can you talk about that a little bit and kind of how you got got into this in the first place? Yeah. Uh, so when when my oldest Eli was born, we, we were living in Santa Monica. So almost, almost you know, 16 years ago and and I got offered a job and I won't mention the name because I know that you're going to put this out. Um, I got offered a job by a big time director mm -hmm. to come and and produce movies for him. 
I went and met with him, uh, household name, and it ended up being his slasher division, his horror, his horror movies. Uh, and I, they offered me $300,000 a year. Uh, I had not made that kind of money and I still haven't made that kind of money. Um, and so, and, and I had to turn that down. I just knew in my spirit, I couldn't do it. Uh, and, and that really prompted me to go write a, you know, a manifesto to go, okay, all right, God, what, what are the gifts you've given me? How do you want to use those? And so I did have my Jerry Maguire moment, um, and, uh, which out of it was birth reserve entertainment. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, that's the, that was the thing where it's like, I can continue to work for Hollywood, but these are the opportunities that are going to be given to me uh, mm. when I work for Hollywood. And so instead of working for Hollywood, I, I view reserve entertainment as work, working for God. And that's, um, want to tell the stories he wants me to tell. Um, I'm, I'm not getting it all right, but I'm doing my best. So good, man. So, I mean, and, and when he says household name, I mean, we've had this discussion. It's a household name. Um, every single person here would know exactly who that is. So we've got this pattern here that just even in these high level uh, kind of stories here that we're hitting to kind of give everybody this 30,000 foot overview of who Darren is, got this pattern of non-compromise. We've got this pattern of, you know, like reserve means, you know, we're talking about the quality and, and by the way, that's going to be who I am as an individual too. There's going to be quality there. I'm not going to compromise on that no matter what that is. Do you feel like that? Is that a DNA thing? Is that a nature? Is that a nurture? Like where did this adherence to not compromising on your morals, on your values, on who you are, on who you want to be, on how you want to lead as a husband, as a dad, there are so many opportunities to compromise, but you're not... Yeah. So where do you think that came from? Uh, you know, I, I was fortunate. I, I, I grew up a, a pastor's kid. My dad was a man, a man of character. Um, he still is. Um, and I think for sure it, it was in my family, in my DNA. Um, and, and I've had to learn that along the way in Hollywood because, yeah, uh, I've, I worked for Hollywood. There are certain things that I did when I, when I got here that I, I won't, yeah, the movies I produced that I won't show my kids, it was really in that Jerry Maguire moment that I, I felt like God was calling me out of just taking a job uh, to produce movies. And and that's that was the place where where God tested me because when I wrote that, that manifesto, um, we ended up passing on a couple of projects that I probably would have typically taken, but it didn't align with the, the mission. Uh, went 18 months without a paycheck. Mm. And my wife was looking at me thinking I was crazy. Um, so, uh, but I, you know, very, very fortunate to, um, to, to have weathered, to have weathered that. And, you know, now all these years later to have made quite a few films that, that, that I believe have a huge impact in the world. So great, man. This, um, this kind of mode mentality and saying it sounds like, you know, a lot of it, your father as well and set that stage. And and that's, that's a huge blessing right there. Um, do you feel like there's anything that you've changed as far as being dad for your own boys where you went, okay, I think I've got a pretty good head on my shoulders. Um, you know, parents, they had a great positive impact. Um, but I definitely want to change this. Um, or have you tried to stay 
pretty much the same because it does look different now. The world looks different now. The culture looks different now too. Um, so have you tried to kind of kind of rinse and repeat because you had a pretty solid deal? And how does that match up with the fact that culture is bananas? Uh, yeah, you know, it's obviously very different than when I grew up. Uh, yeah. Uh, for sure, uh, you know I, I know that I'm the the only dad that I know that has a 16 year old kid without an iPhone, um, and uh, and he reminds me of that almost every single day. So my, uh, my my kids do not have smartphones, um, so uh, you know I just know what technology leads to. So yeah, I think I think it's we're learning. You know, every day we're learning, and the world is yeah the the world is out to to get our kids in, in, in a negative way. And we're trying to trying to guide them, protect them and at the same time, prepare them for when they step out of the house. Uh, and, and I'm not there. That's so right. It's a, it's, a, it's a whole, it's a whole new deal. It is get, a whole get into deal. a lot more trouble um, in today's world than I could. How did this conversations go about the iPhone with, with kids and, and them with, you know, maybe any of their friends and influences and things like that. Cause I, I, I think that's, I think it's brilliant. I think it's fantastic. Um, my daughter last night, just to give context to some part of where my brain is on this is my oldest is 12. So a little younger than yours. Um, she has a watch that has the ability to send text messages. There's no internet access, but it has the ability to send text messages to us back and forth. Right. Um, and so she was coming to us. She's like, Hey, you guys, there's something going on here um, with this watch. Um, I'm only able to send text messages to these people, these people, but watch, like, it's not going to you, dad. And so she sends me something that doesn't work. I'm like, hmm, okay. She's like, so is there, she's like, I did a little research. There is this kind of phone over here. And I'm like, um, hold on a second. And she's like, no, no, no. I want this phone right here. Still no internet access. I'm way too young for that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yes. Okay, good. But she's 12. Like, I know she's not 16. That's a harder deal. How'd that conversation, you know, how those conversations gone uh, oh they're they're brutal yeah they, they they feel like they're left out all, yeah. all their all their friends and cousins uh yeah they, they feel like they're they're left out and you know and I, I just remind them hey you know at, at one point you'll you'll be able to make all those decisions uh but i'm not i'm not compromising on this um so and it it's tough they sometimes they walk away really discouraged over it but uh, we're not changing on that deal. Good for you, man. Good for you. I, I love that. Um, what do you, yeah. Well, good for you, Randall too. Randall says 17 year old thanked him recently. She didn't have a smartphone. Um, and they may thank you someday. And I, and I do believe that, man, I do believe, you know, your boys will, um, will look back and they'll just, they'll, they'll thank you at some point. They'll just go, man, this was, that was by far the right thing. I fully understand it. And chances are they understand it now. Right. They're being tempted, but I think they probably understand it now. Right. So, well, yeah, they, they, they sit and watch their friends and, and their thumbs are just doing this constantly. Yes. Um, so uh, when, when, when we have their friends over, we, we just ask them to put their phones at the front door. Yeah. You, know, you can pick them up on your way out. Cause if not, they'll all sit around and they'll just watch, watch their buddy, just scroll, whatever, you know, social media. A hundred percent. Man, so when you're taking a look, taking a look at the movie industry, and you're taking a look at 
um, you know, kind of the way things are going, whether you're talking culturally and, and everybody's moving towards like, you know, you got the woke things over here, just the things that are compromising on the moral values. And um, you got the strikes that's, you know, the strike that's going on and you got everything that's going on culture wise. When you're taking a look at the way you're showing up five years out, you showing up uh, for your family, what you're able to do. Do you do you look out and go, okay, there may be some pivots that I've got to make. Are you full bore ahead? Is there anything where you're sitting here looking and going, nah, man, this is still something that I really want to do and really want to create that I haven't done it yet. Um, like how far in the future do you kind of go with this? Cause it's fascinating to me, not knowing this industry well, um, but feeling like I have a good idea of who you are as a, as this really good man, how far out do you go in advance? Like, how are you thinking about the future? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't have a plan B if that's what you're asking. So I, I 100% do not have a plan B. Uh, I, uh, as far as uh, how I view the future, uh, I have a slate of content that, you know, that I can work on over the next five years. Um, great books, most of them off of books. Uh, uh, one, one you guys would know, Chad Robichaud's book uh, called Saving Aziz. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know, that's, that's one that's in the works. Um, I can't really talk about it right now because we're in the middle of a writer strike. Uh, but, uh, but that, that project is, is, uh, super exciting and some, some great things are coming around it and, uh, love that story. It's an important story. It, to me, it's a, a true hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't need to tell you Chad's story, you know him, but, um, and so I, that that one that one is coming in the future and excited about. Uh, I have a book series. If you guys haven't read these books, uh, it's called The Keeper Series by Charles Martin, who's a phenomenal author out of Jacksonville, Florida. And so, uh, and that deals with uh, sex trafficking. And uh, so it'll be it's a th- three book series that'll be turned into a film trilogy that we're um, I'm in the middle of. Uh, put in together, super exciting. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm focused on content that I, you know, you see where sex trafficking is. We all know about Sound of Freedom uh, and the impact that's had. Um, I'm doing a, a, a docu-series, so, you know, sort of a docu-follow series on sex trafficking where we, we're following undercover operatives. Um, and you know, that, you know, we're, I'm focused on content where I know there's a huge need in the world. Um, saving Aziz is a huge need. We all need to see true, true heroes step up, get off the couch and do what's right, uh, in the face of adversity. And, um, so that's, that's, that's my deal. I, I, you know, I'm very, very fortunate, great, uh, intellectual properties and great stories are, are coming my way. And for me, it's, hey, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, hey, over the next five years, how do I pay for all of those? If, yeah. if, the, if inside the industry doesn't want to pay for these kind of things, how, how do I right. figure out you know, where to get those financed? So that's, that's a big part of my five-year plan. Yeah, absolutely. As it should be. But I, I'm, I'm so appreciative of that commitment to those hero stories. And we've talked about that quite a bit on, on the show and with these guys, you know, that putting hero stories back on a pedestal versus, you know, these other narratives, um, as a, as a country, um, as a culture, as people who want to raise a, a generation that truly has the ability to be better than us, 
you know, when we're all looking at our kids, having those hero narratives that we can point to matters. Setting that mindset, you know, around that matters greatly, man. And so that's um, super grateful for that. Obviously, yeah, Chad's story, the Saving Aziz story is fantastic. Um, you know, trafficking, we had Tim, you know, Ballard joined us um, a, a little while back, maybe six weeks ago or so. Um, we're hosting an event right now in Connecticut um, with the Association for the Recovery of Children. Um, mm-hmm. so the same same side with you, yeah. man. So, so yeah. much important work to do really really grateful for that we got some uh some hands up from some other handsome gentlemen here we'll start out in jersey with uh mr chris d how are you sir i'm doing well matt thanks so much i appreciate you sir i know you were talking about the other gentleman when you're talking about handsome but definitely jersey when it came to me so i appreciate you (laughs) uh mr mormon thanks so much for the call i really appreciate your time truly um it's kind of like a two-part question that I have from you, uh, based on literally the last thing you just said there. Yeah. Um, and the best way I could divide it would be like the macro and micro. So, from a creativity perspective, like the large question would be: There's so many things going on in the world today that have that need to be addressed. So, how do you select what you want to, you know, fire and aim at? And then from that perspective. Right, I guess down to the micro is how do you know when you personally are done creating something and you could put the stamp, the seal of approval on it? Mm. Wow, uh, yeah, that's uh, that one's. Uh, uh, I'll answer the second one. You know, with every with every film project or television project, it is a collaborative process. There's a screenwriter. There's a there's a director. As a producer like myself, there's there's actors. Actors have an opinion, and so you know you 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 hopefully select the team that works together in a great way. Um, and and I've I've seen that over and over. You know that it's the teamwork that brings out great creativity. So that I'm not on my own trying to make a decision of should we use this take or this take. But um, so. Uh, but we know we will we test things in front of an audience and you know and then we'll go back and recut it uh because ultimately we're making movies for an audience um that we care about and so it's not it's not about my taste but it's really about hey how does how does the audience respond to it and what and, and what, what are they are they going to take it and, and be a champion for the film so uh, mm-hmm. that's that's a big part of how you land creatively. Uh, you, what was your first question again? Sorry, I got, got on a rampage here. No, it's a great rampage because quite frankly, like in the space that all these these fine gentlemen are working right now, our, our test field is is all of us, right? Yeah. So th- this is this is our sample audience. We bounce ideas off of each other. So that that's that's dynamite, man. I appreciate you. And I guess the, the, the macro question uh, was, there's so many issues going on in the world. Right. How do you narrow down which one to focus on? Mm. Uh, yeah, so I have two two projects dealing with sex trafficking, which I think is you know one, one of, if not the worst tragedy in, in our in our time. Uh, so uh, I'm a huge advocate of father son stories um, just because I, I feel like that is a if we can get fathers to connect with their kids, I think it's a huge deal. So you'll 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 see it in Blue Miracle. You'll see it in a movie I just did called The Hill. 
Um, you know, th those are important topics if, if men will step up. And, I, and we're, in a, we're in a culture in Hollywood where they just want to make female-driven movies, which are great. Uh, my, my heart beats more for the father, the fathers to, to step up. So it's, it's a big uh, and I can't tackle them all. I stay away from political, um, for sure. Most of my films have a subtle faith thread in them. Um, some I've done have been a little bit more overt faith. Um, I did a movie with Tim Tebow, and uh, and you know he 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 wanted to make sure that we had the John three sixteen uh, on on the cheekbones, uh, so to speak. Uh, and so since he was co-financing it, I, I had to. You know, he was a big part of that creative process in, in helping us deliver a movie. And I did my best to make it as subtle as possible. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, he, he, and I, he and I arm wrestled. Let's just say he's got pretty big arms. So uh, but it was, it, was, it was a fun process to do with him. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's a good question, Chris, because there is there's so many things, man. There's so many places we could go, like so many, so many topics. But, you know, I think what Darren pointed out, too, is where is where are some of the biggest attacks taking place? Obviously, the attack on our children is something that we just can't like. It's hard to say there's some, anything bigger than that, than such an evil attack on the children. Right. So that makes sense. And the attack, um, you know, the attack on on the nuclear family. And that's really coming at you guys know more at the dads than anything else you know it really is that attack on the nuclear family which bleeds into children now being more susceptible to the attacks on the children and all that stuff too you know so part of it is taking a look where is the enemy the biggest you know right now too i would imagine really good gee go ahead sir hey how you doing sir thank you so much for for joining us today well, I, lo I love your I love your setup there. You look like a professional <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> I'm I'm doing po the podcasting thing for sure. I appreciate that. You got yeah. you got the voice. You you definitely got the pro voice. Oh, I, I got I got a little bit more bass in my voice this morning because I, I don't know if I'm coming down with something or, or something. But you know, it's not it's not usually this bassy. So, but Might I appreciate be your secret it. sauce, man. Oh, maybe yeah, maybe I, I need like to up it. that. I like it. Need to take some <laughs> vocal lessons or something, man. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, sir. I had a question around um, one of the one of the challenges, or part of the challenges that we're tackling this month uh, in Apogee, right, is uh, around branding, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of personal branding, and um, that's something kind of you mentioned at the at the start of your talk today. And I was just curious as to, you know, right now we're in a culture, and especially in the men's space, where you know we have a lot of guys that say like, oh, like I don't care what people think about me, I don't care what what you know what I mean. But then in that same token right they are kind of they're kind of attracting the type of audience that doesn't care what they think about them so it's like there's this dichotomy there right so um what i was wondering in your opinion uh, and how you view branding and the importance of maintaining a good reputation in the public eye um how do you view that and how do you balance that against you know your faith and and, and everything else really because uh, it's kind of like the, the tim tebow thing you were talking about right now right it's like there's certain people that would have, and, and I'm not you know, knocking your decision on that, like in terms of being subtle with the John 316 thing, but there's certain people that would probably say, oh no, you got to go all full force with it. Right. And then there's other, there's another party that would say, no, you do have to be subtle because it, it, you know, in order to enter that space, you have to kind of come in sort of. So, so I just wanted to get your take on how you balance that, um, you know, in your opinion. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, great. That's a great question. 
uh, you know, you know, I grew up, obviously I said as a pastor's kid and my dad spoke to 400 people a week my whole life. Right. And, and same church for, for, uh, 42 years. And, um, uh, you know, and I, what, what I would say is, is that, you know, where God has me is I get a chance to speak to a much broader audience. Um, and they're, they're not, they didn't come to a church to hear a message. Um, they turned on Netflix or, or wherever it is, they, they found my film. And so I don't want to, um, I don't want to lose the broader audience because I believe my ministry is to the broader audience. And at the same time, I want to have my subtle faith thread because I want that broader audience to be moved closer to uh, to God in, in the journey of watching, uh, you know, my films. Uh, and I want the, the faith audience to go, oh, that's that's that films for us. So I'm, I'm trying to thread the needle there. I'm not always great at it, uh, but I'm trying to thread the needle there with, with all with all my films, where where I don't where I don't cut off the broader audience. Um, so uh, to make um, the the choir happy, so to speak. So uh, yeah, so sometimes sometimes uh, I I you know I do piss off the, the choir. Uh, I made a movie several years ago called Same Kind of Different as Me. Uh, and which is a true story. Uh, Renee Zellweger, Greg Kinnear, John Voigt, big, big cast. And somebody hosted a bunch of pastors and there were about 200 pastors in the room. I went to Dallas. Um, and the first guy stands up and says, hey, beautiful film, but I'm not going to support the film because you didn't use the name Jesus in the film. Uh, and that's sort of just, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just like you, you miss the whole point of this of what I'm doing, um, and so um, yeah, I'm, so it's it's a it's a tough one, you know, to walk that that fine line. So uh, yeah, it's a it's a balance for sure. And then it, you know, it always seems like you're you're never really going to please everybody, right? So it's like you gotta you have to kind of make a decision, make a choice, and go with it, and then you know, see where the chips may fall. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You know? Yeah. So that's what I'll say. I appreciate it, sir. Thank you. That answer your question. Yeah, it, no, it does. It does. And it gives me perspective on it for sure. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question, Gene. It's a great answer. Um, the reality is, as you guys all go forward and build this out, you will run into it. If you have not run into it already, you will run into it soon because you will find yourself wanting to thread the needle and going, okay, here's exactly who I'm speaking to. I do see the potential for this message to get out over here too. And I'm hopeful that it does. And you'll recognize the people that aren't catching it no matter what. And they're the ones that are going to be the loudest in trying to give you grief about things too, right? They're the ones that are going to be the loudest. And if you're not careful, you'll spend the majority of your time there. And you'll start to lose sight of what that vision is in the first place, right? When it's like, hey, man, I want to, you know, even this, what we're doing here, right? We want to inspire we want to inspire the the good men. We want to inspire the studs to, to get rocking and rolling. We also want to equip the guys who want to be there and are on their way there, right? We want to eliminate the guys who think they're studs and, and just want to be a part of like that. It's a tough thing. You're always doing that, but you stay true to the mission and you stay true to the mission. I don't buy this. Uh, you know, I'd be interested to hear what you think on this too, Darren, but I don't buy this. Um 
I don't, I never buy the, the group of, we don't care what anybody thinks about us at all group. I don't buy that, man. And I think if anything, if you get a tribe of, I really don't care about what anybody thinks, well, they're also not going to care about what each other thinks about not caring what somebody thinks. And, yeah. you know, you've got these shallow relationships that are coming out. Cool, man. You don't care about, you don't have to call it a brand, call it a reputation, call it your care. I guarantee at some point you're going to care. All these guys that don't care. Cool. What if I call you a coward? Ah, right, man, I'll tell you what, I care. I I don't want anybody thinking that of me. Right. So I don't know, man, it's an interesting yeah. sort of. Thing. Yeah, it's good. You know, it's, good. it's so good. Man. Oh man. JD. Good to see you, Mr. Dalton. Hello, sir. Matt, you continue to bring on excellent, excellent people. So thank you for getting Darren here, Mr. Mormon. Thank you for spending time with us. Uh, everything uh, hey, and JD, I got to see what, what does your poster say behind you? I'm fascinated. It says everyone wants to eat but few are willing to hunt oh, I, love, I love that no. um, it's yeah. uh one of my favorites so you're sharing a lot and a lot of it is resonating a lot with me i have four boys uh the older two are 15 and 13 and they do not have smartphones and the go. conversation <laughs> the conversation with the oldest one has been tough but somebody once said if the biggest thing he hated about your parenting was not getting an iPhone, you're doing pretty good. So uh, not an easy stage, but when you believe something's right, you got to stick with it. So um, we're, a, we're a Christian family. I was raised Christian, and I can only imagine how many times you've had somebody come up to you and say, I've got a great movie idea. Uh, so I don't even know if you you know keep track of that or if you you know had a dollar for every time somebody said that but with that said i have a great movie idea um <laughs> but uh, okay. and, and and i and joseph i would love to hear it uh in okay. fact you guys uh, matt please share all my contact info with all these guys i'd love to connect with all of them uh, and be accessible to to your group uh uh, but to answer your question, uh, yes, uh, I, I receive pitches. I receive pitches at grocery stores, at gas stations. At, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, 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 I was picking up a bottle of wine, and you know, and I'm yeah. You get your you got your AirPods in, and you're you're just doing business and doing your thing, and and somebody's trying to stop you. Going, I overheard your conversation, and my son's an actor, or you know, I got a yeah. script in my trunk. So yes, I, I hear I hear often every day. So yeah, so I'm not going to give you the spiel on this call, but it's about my mom's story, which is unbelievable. Her parents died at age seven when she was seven, and her dad died on the day of her mom's funeral, and she was raised in an abusive orphanage and went on to end up being a pastor in the inner city and worked with a lot of rough teenagers and gang members and homeless and drug addicts. And so that's the nutshell. But she actually did get to the point of converting it into a book. Uh, but she had like the friend from church write it. And so she got the uh, friend from church price, but she got the friend from church quality. And so she's realizing that it's a book that probably will not sell too much. But with the right 
people like you or somebody that has, I told her you need a professional, you can't, uh, you can't wing it. So whatever that process looks like to be able to give you that information would be awesome. Um, yeah. well, Matt, Matt, and, Matt, I'll share my contact info with, with you and everybody else. And yeah, I look forward to, to uh, excellent. And one quick question yeah. uh, regarding fatherhood. You've got two teenage boys. I've got two teenage boys. And I think a lot of the fathers have teenage boys on here. So what would you say is some of your best advice for raising teenage boys? Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. I'm a filmmaker, not a professional parenting guru. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, you know, it, it, it's fascinating because I, I had a um, I have a script that I had written um, based upon based upon an idea. Um, this, this would be my story way of answering your question. Uh, my my wife who was also a pastor's kid. Um, her dad said to her when when she and her twin sister were teenagers, she said, hey, you're going to cause me to lose my job. And so uh, because they were rebellious teenage girls and and I was like, oh, my gosh, there, there is a movie in there. And so I, I had a script written about a parenting guru who who was writing books, who was uh, who was on all these talk shows and doing this thing. And then as his as his kids got into teenage years, none of his parenting tactics worked uh, in, in, in the wheels fall off in, in a big way. Um, and so uh, uh, so my, my answer is I'm I'm figuring it out every day and trying not to let the wheels fall off uh, because what, what we did when they were young, we felt like we were gurus, but when you get to the teenage years, uh, every, every day is a, a new day. So I don't, I don't think I have any good advice except to just hold on tight. Very good. Very good. I will. Thank you for your time. Yeah. Awesome, man. There's somebody that knows a thing or two about the, the industry as well. Matty B. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well, man. Good to see you. Hey, as well. Hey, Mr. Mormon. Thank you for being here. Um, so yeah, I'm in. Uh, I've been in the uh, industry for the past decade in uh, production. I've been doing locations for the last decade in LA. Just recently moved my family out of LA, as you did. I went a little farther away, but um, still, still have the dream. or still, still going with it. I just uh, got to work with Daily Wire this summer on a on a movie and. Thank you for what you're doing. Similarly, as what you're doing, you know, I'm. My thought is, instead of letting projects come to me, as you're saying, you know, it's projects that you know people call you do your thing, and I, I kind of want to help start working on projects more that are, you know, my line of thinking. You know, I'm a Christian guy too, and I just I think it's so important. So, thank you for what you're doing. The question I had was answered two questions ago, but um, I. I, I would love to get connected with you. I'm stoked that you were doing the uh, Saving Aziz. Um, when Chad came on and told his story, immediately I got off the uh, the call and told my wife, like, this has got to be made into a movie. This is incredible. And read the book, and it was it was awesome. So um, I appreciate you. The only question I would kind of have right now, I'm curious just from an industry point of view, how did you get to be where you are as a producer? What was your, your, your roadmap to get there? Mm. 
Uh, yeah, great, great question. Um, uh, by the way, when I knew Chad before this saving Aziz story happened, um, and, and, and he went and did this heroic rescue. Uh, but when it was all happening, I sent Chad a text and I said, now there's a movie. Uh, <laughs> and, that's, uh, and I, I didn't hear back from him for months. And, and then he came back and said, uh, let's talk about that. So, uh, mm -hmm. so yeah, it's, uh, but it, when I, when I saw it, I knew, I knew it was a movie and I'm fortunate that he said he, he invited me to, to do it. So, um. Uh, uh, so, you know, my process was pretty simple. Um, you know, I, I moved to LA in 97 and I started, uh, you know, as a production assistant and, and just started working my way uh, up and learning and quickly, quickly knew that I wanted to go the producer route, not, not the director route. So, um, so it was just from, from, from the ground up, learned every sort of phase of it, um, you know, up to producer. So, and I've had to I've had to learn uh, the hard way. So made made a lot of mistakes along the way, but very very fortunate to be where I am. But I think it was helpful because I I know what everyone does on every production, uh -huh. uh, and I because I've almost done every role uh, you know on a production. So, uh -huh. so I have yeah, I've definitely I've, I've definitely found guys that PA and kind of go through like the little rougher route you know which that's the way i started too it's it's uh it's beneficial really is overall to really see how everyone does it so that's awesome yep you got it so. hang in there keep all keep right thanks yeah let's connect it'll be great love it thanks matt do you mind throwing out real quickly like the difference between because we do have a lot of we have a lot uh, the listenership is a ton of parents that are all kind of in our general range range and a ton of teens too Right. So we've got kind of this mix like that is the biggest thing. Would you mind just kind of giving the difference too between what like when you're talking producer versus director, people hear that and not people not associated with the industry. I think there's a misconception on what everybody does. Would you mind just really quickly on what the producer is? And then we've got a couple other. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You bet. Uh, yeah. So uh, so the producer is typically the guy that goes and finds the story and then builds the team. Um you know, you got to find the story and then you get the screenwriter and then you find the director and then you, and then you cast. Uh, so you get your actors finance the movie. Uh, and the director is typically a hired person from the producer to say, Hey, now I need you to execute on my vision for this story. And so when I choose a director, uh, they need to be aligned with what I'm doing. And I'm not always great at it. Some, sometimes, uh, I, I, I misread that, um, but when it, when when we're aligned, it's great. Okay. Uh, so, and there are some directors that are household names, and they'll play all of those roles. They have the power to play producer director. Mm. But in, in my world, that's that's what it looks like. I go try to find the stories like Saving Aziz, and then I build the team around it. The team around that. So cool, man. So cool. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. All right, Dr. Tim Yee, this guy. Tim, the man. Good to see you, man. The legend. That's right. Hey. Well, Matt, thank you and Tim for building this Apogee program, bringing great mentors like my friend Darren, you know, on here. And um, 
Darren knows I need to run right at the top of the hour because I have to do my my day job. And Matt's been challenging me on that <laughs> as well to think outside of just my day job. But for us Apogee men, you embody a lot of it already, you know, even if you're just getting to know of what it means. Um, and one aspect that's kind of overarching the, the process is really about stories. And because you do stories on the big screen, clearly that's part of your life. But for a lot of us, it, you know, stories isn't really part of our life. But I think you'd have something to say about how stories drive each of us. So I want to hear mainly about what's a story, maybe not a big screen story that just drives you. And then maybe in general, how stories can just help us be better men. Mm. Wow. Um, so good. That, that's pretty loaded, Tim. We, you, you were supposed to give me a layup. We're friends. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say one, one last thing about my father. I blame my father for, uh, for me being a film producer. I, you know, sit, sitting, sitting in the pew all those years. I, I tell him often, usually publicly, I said, hey, it's your fault, Dad. I slept through all of your sermons, but every time you told a story, I was wide awake. Uh, so there's something in... Uh, you know, I, I can say for me, but I think it's in all of us, uh, no matter where we are in, in when we hear a story, it, it just just draws us in. Um, but, it, you know, for me, it was like, hey, how do I how do I take that thing that moves me when I, you know, and I'm a yeah, I'm a, I'm a softy, I'll, I'll cry at, you know, at a good story. But how do I take that and then and think about how do I translate that to the big screen so that a broad audience is moved by it? Um, so those are, you know, that that's that's what's important to me. Uh, so if I'm not moved by the story, the pitch, the the book, uh, I'm not going to be moved to to spend three or four or five years working on on a movie. Um, but I but I do think that when uh, one, uh, hopefully God's spirit's guiding me to to select the right stories. Um, uh, Tim, to answer your question about yeah stories that move men you know there's no there's no faith in this in this particular movie uh but it's a movie that really moved me uh, called uh, pursuit of happiness as uh, a will smith uh film um about a father and a son uh and I, that story you know is to me is a relentless pursuit of hey how do i take care of my kid um in the midst of adversity uh and so i just i just have loved love that movie um it's it's an inspiration for me to think about how can i make movies that will move people and then in my world put a faith thread through there where where there's there's a little bit more behind that that, that will smith character so to speak um but uh I don't, I don't know if i quite answered your question tim but um but that that to me is a story that every man should watch no, I think you did. And I think it was just an opportunity for me to reflect on how, as I'm talking to each of these men, as you get to know these men, Darren, that each of these guys have a story. It may, it may never show up on a big screen, but I think each of us men need to realize there's a big story being written in our lives and it's worth being told. And we get to craft it to be a story that we're proud of. Not that we don't have failures or hitting walls, but we get to craft a story uh, that will get the attention of the world 
that will make an impact positively, not just in our family, but on our community. So that's, I love what you're doing for the big screen. We all can't be a Darren Mormon, but we all have our own stories. And so thanks for making yourself available for each of these yeah. guys to reach out. Um, and future times, Matt will probably bring you back and other men will be inspired by what you're doing. So thanks, Darren, for spending time with us, man. Appreciate yeah, thanks, it. Tim. And that made, that made me think every, every great story that is worthy of a big screen includes failure. I mean, it has to, you know, if we're not showing the, the depths of, of, of darkness, then, then the light's not bright. Um, so, and that's the pursuit of happiness. It's a guy that lost it all and figured out how to come back. So, um, so yeah, fail, failure is a part of it for sure. Thanks. Great stuff. Great stuff. Great question. And uh, and great answer right there. Yeah, that pursuit of happiness. Darren, have you read the book about Christopher Gardner's story, The Pursuit of Happiness? I haven't read the book. Um, you'd be in so Pursuit of Happiness. It's another movie. It's another story for me too. Same thing. Um, and actually had a very big impact on my life. The book itself, you see even more about what Christopher Gardner went through as a young man. Also, that gives you background on before he even faced the hardship. You know, being the dad, and it's just like. Holy moly, man. It's, it's, it's good. It's worth a read. Worth it, a it's, read. it's so hard as a storyteller, bringing a book to the yes, big sir. screen because yes, you, a book might be 300 pages and how do how do you whittle that down to, you know, 90 minutes, two hours. Uh, and, uh, and it's, that's one, that's one of the biggest challenges because you have to, you have to leave so much out. Uh, be so difficult. So, Gotta be so difficult. All right. Last but not least, Mr. Brian Hunt. Go ahead, sir. Hey, Matt. Thank you. Hey, Darren. Nice to meet you. Um, quick question on the creative side. When you're partnering and building out teams as a producer uh, to make a film, what what are you always keeping like close to the chest and protecting? Maybe from an ownership standpoint or from an actual execution standpoint, what's the one thing that you feel like you have to hang on to uh, to kind of stay true to you. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I look at each project is a, you know, I've had to figure out, Hey, what's the real heart of the story and, and where, and where won't I compromise? Cause we'll compromise in making a movie budgets won't allow certain things, and all, but it, you know, so the heart of the story that I, that moved me of how do how do I make sure that that remains true in the finished product? That's a big thing that I I, I will not uh, compromise on. Um, you know, truthfully, uh, you know, as I grow in my career, I'm trying to to um, I'm not a control freak, but I'm trying to with with my contracts have final control over the over the edit and uh, you know the final picture edit um, because. That's where you can ensure you never want to have to play that card and be that be that guy, but it, it certainly is where you can ensure that the movie that you set out to make ends up being what you wanted it to be. Um, so the further I get in my career, that's that's something that I'm, you know, working hard to control. Same mm. B. That's awesome. Keep the heart of it, the heart, and. Uh... Yeah, that's that's great. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Yeah, you got it, Brian. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you.
So good, Darren. Um, like Tim said, we'd bring you back anytime, all the time, man. So appreciate who you are and how you're showing up. Um, the the last part as we round out this this hour um, on our side is it's so gracious and and you know we'll let these let these guys here. I'm not going to put your contact information out to the rest of the world, but I do want them to know where they can find you, where you would have them go to follow along, you know, with you with your journey, what you're doing. If you want them to go to the website. Um, and then uh, after that part, how can we as an organization support you and support your mission? Because like Tim said, you know, you are very much uh, an Apogee man through and through. So uh, those are the last two here for us. Yeah. So uh, my company is Reserve Entertainment, um, reserveentertainment.com. Very easy. Uh, you can easily just uh, email that contact and it goes directly to me. So I'm very accessible. Uh, Instagram also, you can do the same thing. Message me on that. Um, so and yeah, my shoot, you know, I'm out there publicly. My contact info is out there publicly too. So you can share, you can share, share that with any guys that that have an interest in what I'm doing. I'd love to just chat with them and you know. So just appreciate you guys uh, for sure. So, um, so that's a that's a. That's awesome. about it. Pretty, pretty simple. So uh, hopefully I'm accessible to, to, uh, you know, the most. So good, man. Well, I mean, as, as you continue to move forward down there, whether it's, you know, everything with the films, whether it's raising those two amazing young men, um, whatever that looks like, anything that we can do to support, you know, you are, you are now part of this family. So um, please don't hesitate to say the word, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great journey. None of it's easy, but uh, just appreciate you bringing me to meet all these guys, and um, you know, great great hanging out with you again, Matt. You're you're very, you're very good at this, by the way. Uh, as as a guy that lives in a professional world of of people that turn they get on camera, you're you're very good at what you do. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. And I, that's no more than than a gift from God, and, and enjoying this. I yeah. literally enjoyed talking to these amazing people. I get to talk to people like you. What a gift. Like I got nothing to complain about. So I think it's just joy coming through. Maybe that, maybe nothing else. Yeah. Well, that's, Thank you that's for that, my friend. That's a beautiful thing for sure. Thank so, you for yeah. that. Thank you so much, man. I'm going to take these guys through a debrief and, uh, and I'm going to touch base with you later too, as I got something I want to send to you and the family too, is um, just a small thank you and, and token of our appreciation. So. All right. Thank you guys. Have a great week. You as well, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, sir. You have now taken the step to becoming a great leader of tomorrow. Join the Apogee program by visiting www.apogeestrong.com. For inquiries, contact us 916-728-0606 or email matt at apogeestrong.com. Thank you for listening to Essential 11, Shaping Leaders Among Leaders. Stay tuned for more episodes.